Your space is a very integral part of your success. And most people don't pay attention to that. And that's what our message is. It's, it'll impact your success. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franzen. What's up, Remarkables? Hey, it's Dr. Stephen Franson, and I'm excited to introduce you to an old friend to me, a new friend to you. Uh, this is Carolyn Bolt. I'll probably call her Dr. Carolyn during this interview. I do that all the time, but she's here from Crossfields Design, office design expert, which I'm super excited to have this conversation because it applies to all of you listening right now, whether you're in launch, build, scale, or exit. We're going to talk specifically about that, but first, uh, Carolyn, say hi. Introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit about Crossfields. Well, it's great to be here, Dr. Stephen. And uh, yeah, we've known each other for a while. So it's great to be here. My name is Carolyn Bolt. As he said, I'm a, a commercial interior architect. And about 12 years ago, we found ourselves in the niche of chiropractic office design. And uh, we design chiropractic offices all over the country virtually. And our goal is to elevate the profession. I love that. I love that. And I know you, and I know that that's true. Um, You've got great, ta great taste, lady, and <laughs> I just <laughs> appreciate that because uh, aesthetics are so critically important, right? So we're just coming fresh off of our attraction immersion. We did our remarkable attraction immersion in Denver and also in Melbourne, uh, Australia, which is ex was extraordinary. You know, we had 500 people in the room, and wow. a big part of what we were talking about was branding, right? So you know, I got the opportunity to to speak on Friday night, and Dr. Pete Camiola, my partner here in the Remarkable CEO Podcast, we. You know, we opened up on Friday night. We we're talking about the power of branding and your brand messaging and your brand promise. And we talked about, you know, your visual branding and the continuity with everything you say and do, you know, your, you know, the right down to walking into your office and the aha impressions that your office, the physical space, the, the impression that that makes is, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Man, a physical experience in a space like that is must be worth a million. It well, it, if you're not congruent in your who what you're saying and your space, then people don't respect you. That's where it all comes down to. People are disconnected. So think about when you go into a retail environment that you're going to go purchase, your expectations of what you're going to purchase and the service that you're going to get are congruent with the space that you're in, good or bad. Right. Okay. So that's a retail establishment. It's also a hospitality space because you're creating a culture because your patients come there often and you want them to be part of that experience. So it is your space is a very integral part of your success. And most people don't pay attention to that. And that's what our message is. It's it'll impact your success. So in so many ways too, right? So like we're yeah. just ticking one box of 20, right? So, you know, when you walk into a restaurant, it it prepares you mentally for, 
you know, what this food is going to taste like, frankly, yes. right? So you're going to yes. come in and you're going to be like, I'm, I have a, a level of expectation just looking around. What's my experience going to be? What's the service going to be like? What's the yes. food going to be like? What's the price going to be like, right? So I'm, I'm already teed up for an experience, good or bad, like you said, hotels, yes. like you walk into a car dealership, or you every, everything, right? So everything. there's, there's everything. so much that's unspoken <clears throat> and so much of it is an in, innate subconscious but we all know how critically important that subconscious is. So I want to make sure that that people don't check out or roll their eyes as they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not building out a new practice. I want to make sure that people understand that everything that we say can be applied tomorrow to their practice, even Absolutely. if it's an elevated consciousness, right? So Absolutely. I'm talking to doctors who are in launch right now. If you're in the first year of your practice, yes. I'm talking to doctors who are planning their launch and getting ready to open their, for the, their practice for their first practice on their own, right? So I'm talking to doctors who are in build, right? So those build doctors who, you know what, they might be thinking about doing a facelift, or they might say, well, you know what? I did my launch practice on a shoestring budget, right? So I really bootstrapped everything and it was really super limited, served me well, but I'm ready to upgrade and go to the next stage or phase of my practice. And I'm, I'm ready to make the investment to elevate the experience in my practice and the impression that people get. So maybe you're looking at a facelift or maybe it's time to move out of that one space and finally move into that practice that you've always dreamed about, right? So the build doctors, I want you to listen up here. If you're in scale, that means you've got multiple doctors in there. So maybe it's time to rethink your layout and your flow, right? So I love the law of propinquity, right? So Carolyn, I'm sure you know that word. It's it's ultimately it's a law that says that, you know, very often the physical space just drives the function. And mm -hmm. propinquity says, like, if there's something that is creating a capacity blockage, and if you don't fix it, fix it, it's gonna kick your ass a thousand times a day, right? Whereas if you do fix it one time, it pays you a million times, right? Oh, so yes. Maybe you need to fix your flow. Maybe you need to create an, a, a layout that has greater capacity. Maybe you've gone from one doctor to two, two, doc two doctors to three, two tables to four, four to six, whatever it is. Or maybe you're that build doctor that's ready to have an enterprise and you're going to be opening multiple clinics, right? So, and having a look and feel that's branded that you want to expand and go into multiple practices. Or finally, you might be an exit. Right. You might be that doctor that's like, listen, I'm getting ready to sell this practice and we've all sold a home before. Right. So what do you do? You try to increase the curb appeal. Right. That curbside of value and impression that the appearance of your house makes. You might be exiting your practice and thinking about, well, one thing I want to do is make sure that this place doesn't look like I've been hanging around here for 27 years and hadn't fixed <laughs> anything and changed anything. Maybe I should get rid of that shag rub and that wood paneling, right? So sorry uh, if, I, if that one hurt, but maybe it's time for a facelift before you put that practice up for sale if you're in the exit season. So Carolyn, I'm teeing you up here. Let's go back to launch. Let's talk about those doctors who are their first year, they're coming out of school or they've coming out of an associate opportunity and now they're gonna open up their own practice what are these docs thinking? What do they need to know? Like, this is a, this is a scary place. The biggest thing you need to know is that it is an event. You're only going to do it once every seven to 10 years. You don't need to know everything. You need to, you know, depend on people that know what they're doing to help you. And that doesn't mean you have to spend money. There's a lot of resources out there. We're trying to give a lot of resources just like we're doing here, but to understand the process of opening an office. And it starts with, um, so we've developed these six steps that we go through. We all have steps, right? So these six steps. So our first step is just to determine how much square footage you really need and what your vision is before you ever go look for space. 
before you ever go look for space. We have doctors come to us every day that have been an established doctors that have leased a space or have bought a building before they have figured out how much space they really need and they can't fit everything they want to do in it. It happens every day. So not saying that you need the largest space possible, but you need to know what is the minimum you need to do the practice that you want and what is your ideal so that you have a good roadmap when you go out and look for space. And that reticular activating mechanism kicks in and you begin to find those spaces and you're very clear that those spaces will work and not work for you because you've done the homework up front. Excellent. All right. I'm a world-class interrupter. So I'm just going to interrupt me because you're just dropping gold and I want to make sure people aren't missing it. So I'm going to double click on a couple of things you said there. So number one, it starts with the vision, right? So, and that vision story of what success looks like to you has got to be based on a few things you need to really think about and land on, right? So you need, this is a time for those first time doctors to create a plan, right? So this is a this is introspection, right? So before you start turning this thing into a formalized plan, you got to be able to close your eyes and see what success looks like to you, right? Yes. Like, how do you want to practice? Yes. Like, literally, it's like, how do you want to practice? What technique do you want to do? Yes. What type of equipment will you need to practice that technique? Yes. What do you want your front desk area to look like? How many team members are you going to need to do to execute your processes and procedures and your technique from a clinical perspective? What's patient flow look like? What are the ancillary services of anything? Do you need a patient education center, right? So do you need a war room for your team to be meeting? And it's like, like all of these elements, I'm not stealing your thunder here at all on this, but I'm just saying when you, you have to be able to close your eyes and say, what do you, what do we want to do here? Like, how are we going to add value in this community? And it's how are we going to do it? That should inform, this is what we're going to need for space to do it in. Exactly. Exactly. You, you said it. So we, we teach, we start out by teaching students. We talked about that. Um, we started out by teaching students at Life University before we ever started designing offices and we still do, but there is a simple method to figuring out how much space you need. And that is you document everything you want. And then you look at how many different spaces you have, then you need to know how big each one of those spaces need to be. Right. It's not just the number of rooms. It's the size of the space. What's the proper size? Because right. You want to maximize space and flow, but you've got to make sure you don't spend too much money on the space or too little. You know what I'm saying? So if your space is too small, it impedes you from practicing as efficiently and as effectively as you could. That's right. So it's just the right amount of space. Okay. So that's where we start. Form follows function. So we have to start with the function. Okay. So that was the first of six steps. Is that right? Yes. That's All right. What's number two? Number two is um, then you go down your timeline and you begin to look for spaces. And number two is uh, what we call explore. And that is where we start to look at, you found a space, will it work for you? And we explore all the different ways it can be laid out and how it can flow the best. In, in the leasing world, it's called space study test fit. But even in a 1200 square foot space, it can typically be laid out eight different ways. That's right. So what's going to be best for you? And it's much cheaper to do it on paper than it is to wait and wish you had done it later. You know, so how many different ways can we do? So that's our explore. And that determines, can you fit into the space? How well you can fit into the space? Can you practice like you want to in the space before you ever start to commit money to that space? So So that's the ideal space. Okay. I'm smiling because you're just bringing back memories to me. And Camilla and I, my wife, Dr. Camilla, we started our practice 26 years ago 
in Beverly, Massachusetts in an old um, renovated like warehouse industrial building that made shoes called the old United Shoe Building. And I remember her standing there and I, I was dragging my heel around on a dirt floor, outlining the space for this is going to be the front desk. This is going to be the hot seats of a waiting area. This is the kid's corner. And this is where we're going to do adjustatoriums and the patient. Education. And she had a hundred, no, excuse me, a $255,000 lease in her hand. And she's crying, <laughs> shaking. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm sure. My so, gosh. man, you just brought... He just brought back an awesome memory for me, but you're right. You just have to mark that thing out and be able to say intelligently, can we fit the practice of our dreams in this space? Exactly. So how big are your adjusting rooms? Uh, 15 by 16. Okay. So you have a different kind of practice than most people, but yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 15 so by 16. It was, we're both adjusting. We're both Gonstead adjusters. So we had three changing rooms attached to the 15 by 16 foot spaces. And they were right. There's a little hall between the two of us. That's exactly. it. And we would just get after it. And you knew what you needed when you exactly went into right. it. So that's yep. what, so the, so step one is figuring out what you need. Step two is taking what you need and looking whether that space will work for you. Then you sign the lease. Hey, Remarkables. Do you know where your next 100 new patients are coming from? Have you developed a fully leveraged marketing machine where you have total confidence that you'll predictably smash your goals month after month after month? What would it mean to your practice if you were to consistently see an additional 15, 20, 25 or more additional qualified new patient leads coming into your practice every month? CEOs, make this your reality. Join us for the annual Remarkable Attraction Marketing Immersion October 6th and 7th in Phoenix, Arizona, and October 27th and 28th in Adelaide, Australia. Click the link in the show notes below and register your team now. Stop leaving tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table due to lackluster internal new patient referrals. Stop wasting time and spinning your wheels trying to figure out how to get butts and seats for your outside speaking events. Stop throwing good money after bad on digital marketing that's just not working. Doc, you should be seeing a five times to 10 times ROI on your marketing dollars. Our clients are crushing this. The weekend will feature a three track format focusing on internal, external, and digital lead generation. Bring your team. Everyone in your practice is a marketer. Let us inspire and equip them to help you fill your schedule book with more qualified new patients. October 6th and 7th in Phoenix, October 27th and 28th in Adelaide. Click the link in the show notes here or go to the remarkablepractice.com events page and register your team today. We'll see you in October. Step three is actually creating the construction drawings. So that is where you start to think about the, the ceiling and the floors and the lighting and all of the things, not the finishes, not the decorator part, but the architectural part. That's right. That's step three. And when that's done, you can get really good pricing. You can get, you can get schematic pricing, what we call it after step two, which is just going to be a cost per square footage, which is all over the place, depending on your, where you are in the country and what time of year it is and what season we are in post or pre-COVID. But then after you actually get that set of step three drawings, you can actually get really valid pricing because it's more architectural. Then so step can I ask you, who does yes. that? 
who does that drawing? Is that, is that, have you hired an architectural designer at that point? Have you already hired a general contractor at that point? So who's on, who's on the dream team at this point? If you haven't hired Crossfields, then who do you, who have you hired? So you're welcome. uh, (laughs) So the person that would lay out that office space for you in that even in step two, ideally is someone that's a, an architect or an architectural engineer. I mean, in architectural interior designer. So someone that actually understands your codes and your flow and the things that you need to know for permit. So that would be the ideal person to lay that out. That's the two-dimensional plan. Then right. to go to step three definitely is your architectural element to it. Very so you're good. adding that architectural piece to it to lay that out. So I'd make sure that people have earmark a piece of their budget to cover this, right? And my philosophy is spend the money you're going to lose, okay? So most people have this hesitation to spend the money on the front end, and then they end up spending the money on the back end, either directly or indirectly by losing money, right? So just know that, you know, know what your expertise is and know that there are people in the field that are experts. Bring in the expert, you know, suck it up make the investment and do it right the first time. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's going to keep kicking your ass. And every time you get kicked in the ass, it costs you money. So you are eventually going to spend that same money, except it's going to be much more painful, right? So yes. front end investment, spend the money you're going to lose. It's so in most places that you'll go, let's assume that you're doing a, an interior build out, not a, a, cle- a little renovation, which kind of falls into another category. Yes. But yep. theoretically, if you move a wall, you should get a permit. That's the theory, okay? What are the law? Let me say it's the law. <laughs> I like theory better. I'm from Boston. <laughs> Get a per- Did you pull a permit? Did you pull a permit? <laughs> you can't say pull a permit without doing air quotes in Boston. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So to get a permit, you have to follow certain codes and certain requirements and certain expectations. So that step, which we call the step three, which is the architectural, should be the precursor to your permit drawings, okay? But the reason that we break it up into steps is because we want to do some pricing before we get too far down the line if we can. Because if we're going to do value engineering, let's do it before we get into the permit process. So step number three does that. And yes, you'd have an architecture, architectural engineer, interior designer do that, which is what we do. And then step four is what most people think of as the interior decorator side. It's the Mm -hmm. pretty pieces. So that's where we begin to pick all the finishes and all the art and all the accessories and design the front desk and all of those things. The reason that we separate them is because in step number three is we do we do what we would call allowances for those things. Yep. If something's going to get cut out of your budget, it's not going to be the walls. That's right. It's going to be your finishes. That's so right. we make sure we don't start doing the design of finishes until there. Now I want to speak really quickly to your launch people and that is you do not have to have expensive finishes to look sharp. That's right. You just have to be very intentional. So you can do a tremendous amount with lighting and paint. Just those two things alone and being very intentional about it can sure. create a lot of wonderful drama and 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 whatever it is you're trying to create in your space. But the wow and the less wow factor. Is, and less is more, you know. Yes. So in a chiropractic space, what you'll find is, you know, you just start to collect these barnacles all around the practice, <laughs> right? And it's true. It's just like walking into any practice, like I'm looking around and I'm like, let me guess, you've been here 17 years. Like, wow, that's impressive. How do you know that? I'm just like, 
I'm just counting the barnacles on this boat, right? So it's like everything just starts to gather and collect, right? So just less is more, start from the beginning. It's like super clean, minimalistic, figure out what do you need, right? It's going to be filled with people and energy and love and purpose. Don't fill it with a bunch of crap, right? So just try to limit what do we really need? And to your point, you don't have to buy modern design and the most expensive elements. You know, you can do pretty well, use stuff as long as it's in beautiful condition, right? Business and it's is not dated. And, and it's, it's not, not dated. Yeah. Timeless pieces. Very simple. Timeless. Right? Right. So, yes, exactly. Yes. Right. So speaking to that, so you go through the permit process, right? And you get the space built, but let's kind of go back to what you just said, because the, the chiropractor that has an office and they've been in it a while, we have, a, in fact, part of the resources that we'll give you, we have a five phase, our five point designer checklist. It's what we would do as a designer when we walked in a new space that needed some touches let's call it that needed some love needed some love and the very first thing is we say have somebody walk through with you that will be a will be very very uh honest with you that you can trust ideally someone that's maybe your coach coach is a good one but ideally it's someone that would have the same type of expectations as your patients because you're designing this is the other thing you're designing for your ideal patient that's right you're not designing for you that's right. Yeah. I, in the remarkable practice, our parlance is brutal facts. Brutal facts are, is our love language. So <laughs> you've, you've, you know, you've got to bring that person who's going to sit next to you. And the whole time you're going to be wincing and going, oh gosh, did that really have to go? It's like, get that poster off the wall, get rid of those hummels. <laughs> it's like that thing, that, that thumbtacked up calendar, get that out of there. Oh, you know, yes, all, yes, all, yes. Yeah. All that stuff. Yes. That's great. All yes. right. So get, the, get the person you want. Number two is you want to declutter. You yes. said it already. Declutter, make sure it's clean, especially the bathrooms, things of that sort. You want to look around and see what's dated, okay? Because things that are dated are going to date you and going to make you look like you're not up to date with your practice. Right. Number Another one is what things are worn out. Please, duct tape on your chiropractic table does not work. You know, that just reeks poverty, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one we talked about is lighting. So freshening up your lighting, getting away from the overall fluorescent lighting that make you feel like Walmart and doing something that just changes a little bit can, can change dramatically what you're That's doing. Great. And, and I'd like to just, just, if I could highlight, you, you dropped a nugget there that I want to make sure people didn't miss is you're building your practice for your ideal client, right? So when we talk uh -huh. about your ideal patient, Think about your avatar, right? So we we go through the exercise, you know, in the Remarkable Launch Program and throughout the Remarkable Practice content, we're always talking about identifying who is your ideal patient, who's your ideal male patient, ideal female patient, if that's a thing for you, ideal family, if you see families, which you're, you're just identify, like who is, that's, you build them out. And the avatar is somebody who, uh, is not a person, it's an idea, right? And you are you're delineating the attributes of that ideal patient, right? Now, if you have active patients or if you know somebody who is the muse that represents that avatar, put a real person's name to that avatar. So now they become your muse. So that's the difference. An avatar is just something that's built. A muse is a person that you know that represents that. So now you start thinking about it's like, man, I would love to have a whole bunch of people like Carolyn in my practice. It's like, right. okay, so build the practice 
everything about that practice for her with her in mind. You're going to capture about 30% of her on either side of her, but you want to be shooting strikes right down the middle so that it would be addressing the needs, the wants, the desires. It would be attracting your ideal patient into that environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And to know, to know that if that's hard, especially when you're starting out, you know, it's really hard because you think you want to serve everyone, but there will be those that emerge that, you know, and then the other piece of it is what are you serving and is your practice going to match what you're serving to them? So it's really easy to talk about if your pediatric practice, what is that space going to feel like versus your geriatric? What is that going to feel like? When you're multi, you know, generational, what is that going to feel like? But are you going to be, are you going to be respected? Yes. As you go yeah. into- and, and I think, <clears throat> and trusted, right? So trusted. it's a, yes. it's a big part of this. And, you know, when we, when we talk about brand continuity, you know, what makes a great brand is authenticity, yes, consistency and continuity, right? So authenticity is it's authentically and genuinely you like, like everybody should recognize who they are as a practitioner. Who do you love to serve? Who energizes you? Like, so it should be authentically you, right? So then it's the consistency is, is there consistency throughout everything that I see and hear around this place, what you talk about and what I see when I'm walking around here, right? And continuity means if I look at your website or your social media, your Instagram page, your Facebook page, and then I walk in your office and I pick up your forms and I look around and your process procedure, et cetera, everything has to be, it has to be continuity. Any discontinuity just breeds distrust, at least breeds confusion and confusion never converts. So we want to make sure that there's this beautiful continuity. It's like, oh yeah, I watched your video on YouTube. And then I went to your Facebook page and I saw that same, oh yeah, this is exactly what I was expecting. And then I checked out your website and wow, it was just like that. And I read testimonial stories of people that just like me and I'm empathetically connected. And then I walked in the practice and I'm like, oh, France and family chiropractic. I see the logo with, you know, the the stick figures with the kids and the smiling and the sunshine and the, the colors and the font that we chose. And you walk in and the first thing you see is the kids corner and lots of families around. And, you know, there's the diaper changing tables inside the bathrooms. Be, it would be incongruent for us not to have this kind of environment if our tagline is for pediatric development and, uh, and optimal adult health, right? So that's just a blurb, right? So a, just a riff on what is good branding and how does that manifest in the physical space that is your practice. Very, very well said. Yeah, a lot of people think branding is just your logo and it's not, it's 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 it, your character that you create, that you are, it's how you show up and it's how your office needs to represent that. That's and right. that's the whole purpose, what that's we're it. doing. It needs to maximize space and flow to save you money and it needs to attract and retain patients. So those are the two things your office need to do for you. It's your largest marketing expense. That's right. You'd be very intentional. So we see about 10 to 20% increase in the, the offices, their, their bottom line when they renovate their spaces. Yeah, that's revenue, kids. Revenue, <laughs> so, yes. So spend the money you're going to lose. So I think we're on step six. What's the last one? So step six is the step that um, we're virtual, but we have the capacity to help make sure that what has been designed will be constructed correctly. In the world, in the design world, they call it construction administration, but it's where we connect on a weekly basis or a biweekly basis with your contractor and we do video walkthroughs with its space and we oversee and check things. So it's amazing how things can just not be quite right and that 
getting them right before you've spent the money on them is the time to do it before they're built. So, so it's checking. It's we call it's, it quality. It's like, quality, it's like quality a control. Quality. Out, you're outsourcing quality control and accountability for your contract. Exactly. Right? So yeah, we actually this call it third party, right? Yes, yes. We call it design assurance because our contractors don't like that we they think we're going to judge their quality. So it's not as much quality. It's but have they designed and have they built what we designed? Is what we're trying to do. Expectations so, and agreements. I love it. Right. I love it. Well. Right. Carolyn, you know, clearly, you know, now everybody in a sense why you are our chosen remarkable expert when it comes to this. How do people learn more about what you do, your offerings, et cetera? Like, how do they find you? How do they get in touch with you? So our company name is Crossfields. And um, you can find us, We our website URL right now is chiropracticofficedesign.com. Very unusual, right? Um, so we have Facebook, we have Instagram. We are really big on Pinterest. Uh, in fact, Pinterest is one of our biggest resources we send people to Love just it. to get ideas and things. And then we have a free, we have some free resources and we have a special landing page for your listeners. So um, that's chiropracticofficedesign.com forward slash remarkable. And they can go to the unique landing page, get the free resources that we have, floor plans, et cetera. So we great. also have a few online products they can buy with a discount. So Beautiful. We're here well, to we, serve. Lots we of so appreciate you, lady. Thank, Thank you for you. making us look good. Right. So uh, literally and figuratively, um, we're excited to have you be one of our remarkable success partners in our remarkable launch program, uh, which is designed for those doctors that are launching their first practice or getting that practice upgrade or just facelift. Uh, or doctors that are looking to plant additional remote practices if you're building your enterprise. So on behalf of the Remarkable CEO Podcast, I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. Guys, get out there and make it remarkable. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, Remarkable CEOs, thank you so much for continuing on with me. I'm honored to have with me today in the studio, one of our long-term success partners. And this is the success partner you're going to want to listen to because this is all about building wealth. Uh, we talk about money. You know, we talk about you can make a bigger impact. You can make a bigger income, but not all uh, dependent upon you, right? That's scalability. Build a bigger, make a bigger impact, make a bigger income, even in your absence. That's durability. But what do you do with that bigger impact, that bigger income? This is where Justin Maxwell and Big Life Financial comes in. They can absolutely help, help you. So we're going to talk about two topics here today. Justin, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Pete. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, uh, so I'm going to let you have the floor here in just a minute, but we're going to talk about two things. Number one, we're going to talk about building wealth. And we're talking about something that's incredibly relevant right now. So I know for a lot of our listeners, this is going to be very timely for you. And then number two, uh, we're going to talk about saving. 
which is also another thing that some of us probably really need to hear about right now. <laughs> so uh, these are two very important money-related topics. Both are going to lead to a more remarkable business and life and uh, hopefully a lot more peace of mind and joy. So uh, with that, I'm going to throw it over to you, Justin, maybe uh, introduction, who you are. I already told you them you're with you know big life financial but anything else you would like to share about who you are and what you're doing and then uh let's jump in yeah I, I really appreciate that so i'm i'm justin i'm from utah i we've gotten hammered by snow recently but i'm just passionate about helping people keep more of the money that they make because money even though if we don't want to admit it is a part of our life but if we can make it automated if we can make it systematic if we can make it simpler and understand what it is we can start to just focus more on delivering more value to people and focus on helping more people, which will result in more money. But if you don't have that figured out, it's harder to deliver more value because it's always in the back of your mind of this bill is coming. I don't know if I'm going to have enough for retirement. I don't know if I'm going to have enough at all. So having that solved is what we try and solve for people and make it automated and holistic and align it with what you're trying to accomplish. Wow. All right. All of that speaks right to me. I know you're speaking directly to our listeners. So I'm hungry to hear more. So you, you're passionate about helping people like me and every one of our listeners keeping more of their money through automation, system, systemization, simplicity. Tell us more about that. Let's jump in. So I think let's just start with automated savings because I think this is really important for people to grasp because typical person in America only saves two to 5% of their income, which is nowhere near enough to create financial independence. And when you only save that much, you are inclined to take more risk with your money. So you're going to expose it to more volatility. And the exposure to volatility is just going to result in stress. And like, I don't know if this is going to go up. I'm losing all my money. It leaves a lot of uncertainty there. But if you can automate your savings and make it so that it's just a part of what you're doing, you can deliberately invest in the things that are more aligned with what you are passionate about, which for a lot of our listeners and listeners you're talking to here are, is the business that they're in if they because the business is going to produce the greatest ROIs for them. But if you don't save enough money, you can't put money into things. And so oftentimes we're backwards. We want to budget our way and try and pull out things and shrink it. But if we create automated and reverse the way that we pay ourselves, we find that we can really increase the amount we save over the long haul. Let me just give a few examples. So most people, the money falls directly into a normal checking account. And then that checking account is where they spend all of their money. But that's what we call the spending account. And because it's titled the spending account, oftentimes purchasing of things occurs in a very unconscious way. You don't even realize you've spent money. Like maybe you had a really big month last month, and then all of a sudden you get to the next month, you're like, where the heck did all the money go? It's because you had all your money in a, in a spending account, which is unconsciously spent. So you have to interject a new bank account into your life. Now we have the ability to help people do this with an automated app where they can use an app that will automate this for them, but they can do this without me or without anything. You just have to put a new bank account into your life. All income falls into that bank account. And then from that bank account, you're going to send a designated amount of money to your spending account each month. It's set in stone and that's what you spend. Once it's in the spending account, there is no guilt. You can spend whatever it is in there, but all the extra cash is caught inside of that other account. And we call that account the wealth reservoir because it's going to slowly get bigger and bigger. So as you get big months, the, the excess is going to stay inside that wealth reservoir. 
and the money you spend on your lifestyle stays exactly the same. So there is no unconscious spending because it's taken away from your ability to spend it. It's in a separate spot. And if you can automate this so that it's set up where it just automatically distributes each month and there is no thinking about it, there's no unconsciousness, it's this is happening automatically without me thinking. Now you can deliberately spend the money and take it out of that account or deliberately spend it to make you more money, putting it back into your business, putting it into wealth generating activities. This alone, if you look at it over a 30 year period, will allow you to save millions of more dollars. Like I know that sounds like a lot, like I'm being a little bit hyperbolic or hyperbole, but it's 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 reality because your income is going to keep going up. But if you've set in stone that this is how much I live on, the excess gets caught here. So you'll save millions more dollars over the long haul by setting up an automated savings system. And if you save the million dollars more, that means you can put a millions of dollars more to work for you and get those things into financial independence and drive that towards you versus just being unconsciously spent into consumption. I love it. So, I mean, if I was to briefly summarize, you know, what you're saying as a non- you know, you're the finance guy. So I'm just going to speak like I'm a chiropractor. So you're saying if I use automation, set up an automation, automated savings account, and I build it that way, the way you just described that I'm going to end up saving over time, millions of dollars and potentially millions more than what I would have saved. It's not just like you're saving millions. I'm, I also heard you'll save millions more because of the two to 5% and then the volatility and then the spending model, it's actually a spending account. If you can just make this, some of these very fundamental changes with automation, you are setting yourself up to save millions more than you would have if you haven't probably. Is that Correct. also yeah, safe to say? Yeah, you're right on. And obviously we have to increase our income over time. Like you still need right. to be building your business and getting more income, but having this in place will enable you to keep way more of your money than you would have had you just done it like everyone else does with just the one saving, the one checking account. And then that's right. I do all my saving and everything from, because it's so unconscious. We have to set up automations to make it a deliberate choice of where we send our money. But now we're making it so the unconsciousness is in the savings, not in the spending. So good. Um, all right. Well, nugget number one, if you didn't hear it, and just go press rewind and listen to this again because Justin explains it to you. Okay, so I think there's one more kind of key point I you had shared with me that you wanted to, sh to share with our audience uh, here on the podcast here today. So uh, what's what's number two you want to we want to yeah. press into? Yeah, now? number two is the student loans. A lot of people that have student loans haven't had to make payments on them for two years because the the COVID pandemic caused a pause on those. The government paused them. However, that is going to come to a resolution here in 2023. The Supreme Court is going to rule on if Biden's forgiveness thing is legal or not. But even if it is or not legal, the payments are going to turn back on for you. So that's going to create a new expense that you may not have had for a while or a new expense that you haven't had ever because you graduated your chiropractic school during that time. And so you're going to want a solution around this. And there are solutions that not only allow you to have a strategy around this, but also allow you to build wealth out of this. There are very few things when it comes to expenses, specifically on debt, where we are able to actually transform an expense and turn it into an asset for us. But the federal government has programs that allow us to do this 
in a, a very powerful way. So I'll give a few examples to highlight it. And then if they want more information, they can come chat. So we, I had a, a chiropractor that had $350,000 worth of debt. If the, when the payments turn back on, her monthly payment's going to be like $2,500 a month in order to pay that off. The government programs have brought that payment to zero. And is what we are doing is taking the $2,500 that was going to go to the, the, the debt and putting it into vehicles that will grow for her. And over time, that's going to produce more and more cash. And so in her circumstance, she's going to have, after the student loans are completely paid off and done and she's out of debt, instead of just being out of debt, she's going to be out of debt and she's going to have about $750,000 of asset built up over time because she chose to take advantage of these programs. Another big win is we had an older doctor that he'd been making payments for 30 plus years and he met the criteria of forgiveness. And so he, he's gonna get his loans forgiven. And one of the cool things is up until 2025, if you get your loans forgiven in this next chunk of time between now and 2025, there is no tax on it. So his loan is going to, he has like a hundred and something thousand left. His loan is going to go from 100,000 due to nothing due, and he gets it forgiven by the federal government because he made on-time payments the entire time. So that is enabling him to not have to pay $100,000 in liability, but he can now start building wealth with those dollars to generate income for financial freedom as he pushes into his 60s and 70s, which wouldn't have happened previously. So those are two examples of what the power of these programs can do and why it can actually be a positive wealth builder versus just paying off debt. Wow. Well, I mean, this is a CEO podcast and uh, I love talking to you because you always give us and give me just some great information and, and wisdom and, and opportunities that we have to build wealth and, and build more remarkable lives. And I know that your big life is uh, is a big part of this. So you want that for all your all of our listeners I know. So how do our listeners get in contact with you, especially if they want to learn more, maybe have a chat with you about some of these things? Uh, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way is to go to biglifefinancial.com slash TRP. You heard it, biglifefinancial.com slash TRP. All right, well, that concludes this segment. And uh, thank you for tuning in as always to the Remarkable CEO Podcast. And I look forward to rejoining with you next week. Remember to tune in for our episode next week. Until then, take care, everybody. Thanks again, Justin. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.